I mean, AI is just a really cool tool, and Gen AI and ChatGPT, that's all fun. But what are we really using it for? And how are we going to kind of make our lives more easier or automated, but, you know, uh, make us more conscious or make us more fulfilled or make us more empowered or make us more spiritual or, you know, whatever is some which is more humane is what is the future that I'm focused on in terms of a movement. Karen Palmer is the storyteller from the future. She's an award-winning international artist and TED speaker who's at the forefront of immersive storytelling, futurism, and tech. She creates immersive film experiences that watch you back using artificial intelligence and facial recognition. Karen has been the opening keynote speaker at AT AT&T Shape Conference, MIT, Wired for Wonder Festival Australia, and TEDx Australia at the Sydney Opera House. She's exhibited around the world, including NYC Armory Arts Week, Museum of Modern Art Peru, PHI Center Montreal, and more. Her art has also been featured in publications like Wired, Fast Company, and The Guardian, where they hailed her work as leapfrogging over VR. Her latest project is Consensius Gentium, which had its world debut at South by Southwest this past March, where Karen also won the South by Southwest 2023 Film and TV Jury Award in the XR Experience category. Consensus Gentium is a powerful exploration of the implications of AI technology. Experienced on a mobile device, Consensus Gentium taps into the intimacy and authenticity of your smartphone features to create a realistic experience. Set in a near future, it's an emotionally responsive film that integrates cutting-edge facial detection and AI to transport audiences on a unique quest to discover what could happen if we succumb to unchecked surveillance. Karen and I first met at South by Southwest this past March and then saw each other again at Ars Electronica this September. And I couldn't be more excited to have her come from the future to speak to the Creativity Squared community. In this episode, you'll learn more about Karen and her latest project, Consensus Gentium, in addition to her social justice approach to her work that explores AI bias and unchecked surveillance. You'll understand why she sees it necessary to democratize AI how you can experience the future today through her reality simulators, and how she uses immersive art to make you conscious of your subconscious behavior. Don't miss this glimpse into the future. Enjoy. But have you ever thought, what if this is all just a dream? Welcome to Creativity Squared. Discover how creatives are collaborating with artificial intelligence in your inbox, on YouTube, and on your preferred podcast platform. Hi, I'm Helen Todd, your host, and I'm so excited to have you join the weekly conversations I'm having with amazing pioneers in the space. The intention of these conversations is to ignite our collective imagination at the intersection of AI and creativity to envision a world where artists thrive. Karen, it is so good to have you on the podcast. It's great to be here finally. Absolutely. Having met you at South By and Arts Electronica, it's really great to finally sit down with you. Yeah. And I should also say congratulations because you won, um, what was it, the XR Immersive Award at South By Southwest? Is that it's what it was? The XR Immersive Experience Award at South By Southwest. 
Oh, fantastic. Well, I'm so excited to have you on the show and to dive in. And I guess before we get uh, started too much into the deep end, uh, for those who are meeting you for the first time, uh, can you introduce yourself? Yes. So my name is Karen Palmer. and I'm the storyteller from the future. And I say that I've come back to enable people to survive what is to come through the power of storytelling um, by enabling participants to experience the future today through my immersive experiences. That's amazing. And can you tell us a little bit about your origin story and how you got into this type of storytelling and your interest in AI specifically too? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So my background is that I was a traditional filmmaker and director and then 20, earlier than even 2010, like maybe 28, 2008, I was like, mm, I think the future's tech and film, not just film. I thought people want to interact with film in the future and be participants. And I started to work with film and tech and um, my first kind of Beefy Commission was part of the Cultural Olympiad in the UK as part of the lead up to the Olympics, where I did some art and tech and parkour film, working with young people in the community. And then from there, I moved into EEG head sensors and tech. And then 2015, 2016, AI and film. With AI, you really come at it from a social justice perspective, <laughs> and your themes kind of explore uh, surveillance. So, can you tell us, like, how, like, specifically what interests you about that and the importance of coming at it from a social justice angle, um, <laughs> from your perspective? Yeah, so I'm, I had to say this, I'm a proper artist <laughs> in terms of I used to make more kind of self-indulgent pieces. I used to be a free runner and I wanted to replicate the experience of transformation, of being, of doing parkour and free running to enable you to move through fear. And I started to make films with EG headsets. And then when the Ferguson riots came up, I was like really profoundly impacted um, and was like, look, there's so, don't people know what's happening when they are, representing people of colour and black people in the media as being looters and you know where are the role models to kind of represent what's happening and put this in the arts and put this in story and that inspired me to make um, Riot in 2016 where it put people in the middle of a riot and then I went further down I started to work with AI um, and then my next piece is I started to work in AI. I started to look at the societal implications of AI and surveillance and social justice. So me kind of going into this, wanting to authentically replicate the experience for my black community set me down the rabbit hole of really understanding the technology to make sure that the storytelling was um, not just authentic but cutting edge and very real and exploring some of the themes which weren't in the mainstream conversation at that time which was around bias and AI which I started to look at in 2016 2017. And one thing that I find really interesting about Riot and your current piece is that you're really trying to, through art, 
rewire people's unconscious uh, bias. And so can you walk us through how that works? Because I, I find that fascinating and amazing that you're using art, your art to, to do that. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to go back a step. I'm going to try and summarize it. But with riot, um, it makes people conscious of their subconscious behavior. So it makes you aware of how your emotions affect the narrative of the film and in the exact same way your emotions can affect the narrative of your life. So you come into contact with characters in a film that's like life-size and the AI in the webcam will watch you back. So if you respond to a character with calm, then the narrative will be calm. However, if you respond with anger, then the aggression will um, escalate in the scene. So it's showing you the implications of your actions. And I'll just tell you a very short story is that when I was doing, showing the experience in New York as a part of Armory Arts Week, a young lady came and did the experience and she, it's three levels and she only got to the second level because it kind of ended because she got fearful. So she got a fearful narrative. And I said to her, do you want to have another go? And because it's going to make you conscious of your subconscious behavior. And she goes, I want to do that, actually, because I'm looking at what's triggering my addictions. And I was like, wow, that's a bit heavy. What do you mean? She goes, I'm in AA. I'll tell you because I'm never going to see you again. And I want to know what's triggering me. So I said, OK, why don't you have another go? And now you're aware of how that you are kind of your breathing is changing as you get nervous and you're getting you're overthinking. Try and do it again, but just breathe and relax. And she did it a second time. And this time she got to the second level and but she couldn't go any further and I said to her how was that and she said well I couldn't go any further but I became conscious of the fact that I could move through my innate programming my personality my triggers my trauma in a way and I said do you think you could do it again she goes yeah because it's like a muscle now I'm conscious of it it's something I could activate consciously so I'm telling you that story to say that it's, I'm specifically looking at bias, but it's something about making you more self-aware and a narrative changes to, to show you the end result of your emotional reaction. Um, and by having that fed back to you, that you could then go, oh, you know what, I don't like this narrative. I'm going to change it and change my emotion. And then through doing that, you are reprogramming your brain, the neural, the neural pathways in your brain, because you're making different decisions and different emotions. That's amazing. And and I think one thing um, maybe to just take a step back to is to talk about the tech, because I think you use something similar for Riot and your latest one, Consensus Gentium, where how people are being reactive is that the the screens watch the people and that's how it's responsive. So can you kind of explain yes, um, yes. how your projects are the tech that it's like using tech to watch yeah. people and that's how yes. it's interactive. Yes. Yeah. So um, I use artificial intelligence through a webcam and all my AIs totally bespoke. This was like before gen AI and all the other AI software that's out there. And like AI has really blown up this year but my current project consensus gentium we developed that and finished that in 2022 so everything's totally bespoke so you watch a film and the webcam and the ai watches you and it monitors the different emotional points on your face or your your different there's 52 different points on your face which it's measuring in the latest film so if your mouth goes up and smiles or if your face frowns it's measuring all those kind of 
touch points the same way that your phone will measure your um you look at your face to check that that's you when you want to open it up and then what happens is it feeds back that data to the narrative and there is a a a, a plethora of different narratives there and depending on your response then it will branch to a particular narrative in real time so that different people and it does that at three or four different junctions in the piece and it does has multiple endings so different people can have different films and if you don't like the narrative that is evolving by changing how you feel or how you're perceived um, then you can have a different result yeah, that's fascinating. And I will also say, I just did a demo and I shared this with you when we spoke, that there's marketing and customer service tools yes, that are yes. using the same technology to read people's emotions through their webcams after giving permission and then having mm-hmm. customer service reps adjust. So like you were very on top of like these upcoming trends, uh, which are th- the tech is here and being used by marketers and customer service um, already which I, I know one of the things is reality simulators of the future, but I feel like the future the future is now. Um, but one of the things that you explore is um, AI bias and unchecked surveillance, which is a little bit different from a marketer asking permission to use the webcam. So can you tell us about what concerns you with AI bias and unchecked surveillance? And then uh, I want to hear about your current project too. Yeah, so... Um a lot of the times we're sold things in terms of the surveillance part than the bias part I'll talk about afterwards, which is sold to us as it's something which is going to be safety. However, it's often about security. So if you have a ring camera on your door, there's a clause in that where if there's this kind of um, like national emergency that the law enforcement can monopolize your feed and use that for their own purposes. Um, And when you click the terms and conditions, that's what you've clicked into. And there's so many other forms of technology, which, as I said, is sold to kind of protect us um, and make our life easier, but actually it can be used to surveil us. Um, An example is the Project Greenlight is the system which was developed in Detroit, which was sold to the residents as this is going to be helped with security because there were spates of robberies. And what happened is that Detroit is now the most surveilled city in America because a system that was put in by the local council to help them with security is now a glorified surveillance system. And this leads into the bias, actually, that... um, Mm, the very first case recorded of a black man being misidentified by an algorithm or a facial recognition camera was in said same Detroit because the algorithm mistook Robert Williams, this black man, for a different black man because um, often these data sets really reflect the biases in society. So they had mislabeled or misidentified his face as a black man with another face as a black man. So often my big concern is that these institutionalized racisms are just going to be automated. So the biggest kind of sector in the prison service of people who say that they're innocent, even though they're guilty, is black men on death row because they said they're being misidentified. And with this first case, and there's been another one as well recently with a black woman, is that um, you can see how this um, 
this injustice is just going to be automated. And so these are the themes which I'm exploring in my work, where Perception IO um, was a training tool um, for a, a, a potential for a, um, an imaginary police enforcement system where it was monitoring you and it, as a training set as if you were law enforcement to monitor your bias and the algorithm data set would respond depending on your potential bias so my all my work is about simulating the future so that you can experience the future today it seems like surveillance uh, is just so commonplace and I and like even the younger generation is just so comfortable with it and to a certain extent I almost think it's from all of the baby monitors you know that they've been surveyed surveilled by their parents and so it's not a big leap that then these cameras enter everywhere else um, in our society um, and that we shouldn't just take it for safety or face value. Um, so let's tell us, uh, let's dive into your project, Consensus Gentium, because you've been working on it for two years. You had your world debut at South by Southwest, and it's kind of dives more into these subjects. So uh, tell us um, about uh, your latest project. Thank you. Thanks for getting the name right. <laughs> so Consensus Gentium is Latin for if everyone believes it, it must be true. So it's a kind of play on perception of society and what is truth in a way. Um, and this experience enables you to experience a near future world um, where there's been multiple pandemics and due to that and climate change, we as a society in the community, as global citizens, have limited mobility. And in order to prove in order to um, acquire increased mobility, we need to prove our compliance to the state. And they will be monitoring us consciously and subconsciously through our phones. <laughs> and um, so the experience happens on a mobile device so that it can really have in this world where the film is interactive and responds to you and you get text messages and you have a certain objective to help your sick nana and you have to make conscious and subconscious decisions and then you will experience from the state will want, judge you to be compliant or dissident and you will see repercussions whether there's consequences for your actions whether you decide to be a compliant citizen or not through your tech you're for example asked to be auto self-surveilled um so in order to be a good citizen but that comes with a series of consequences so you understand the implications of the impact of your decision on yourself and your community. And it's not a judgment, it's to show in a way that we're all kind of a little bit screwed <laughs> in a way, in terms of looking at themes of um, liberty and digital uh, with the lack of regulation, the lack of transparency, the lack of democracy. You know, all of these things are just coming down from the status quo and all of these um, institutionalized racism are also coming down with it. So, um, yeah, I, th 
think I'll stop because, you, as you can see, I'm just talking. <laughs> so, yes, <laughs> that's as much as I give you for now, and then you can ask me something else. If I understand it correctly, as Riot, where it's a phone, and, I, and I've and i seen it at South by Southwest, but I had to uh, get to the airport, and everyone was sitting in the chair, so I didn't actually get to experience it myself, unfortunately, but I have a lot of photos. Um, but you sit in front of a phone <laughs> and, to do this, and then the phone watches you back, and that's yes. like one of the taglines, too. It's yes, the, yeah. The film that watches you back. Watches you back. Um, yeah. So can can you walk us through the experience of you're sitting yeah. at the phone and then you've got so, a well before that I have a global citizen um, like sales representative that invites you into the experience uh, because what you're in is a living room of the future. So um, where people don't really communicate, they just live on their mobile entertainment device. And um, as you're as you're watching your phone, your phone watches you back, and um, you watch the film um, within this space, um, and the film branches. Uh, consciously or subconsciously you're asked within the film to make a decision like the within the phone the um the border control digital immigration person will ask you certain questions to see how compliant a citizen you are and uh then it will branch and then you, as it unfolds you'll understand the implications um so yeah the film watches you back and the narrative branches in real time and that and the ending you get is dependent on your um, your kind of a representation of your beliefs and your and how you interact with society in a way. Yeah, it, it feels like something out of a Black Mirror episode that you've brought <laughs> to life for, for people to yeah, experience. <laughs> lots of people have said to me, this reminds me of Black Mirror. Um, and I feel very chuffed because, you know, I'm an independent artist. I mean, this was commissioned by the BFI and the British Council and the Arts Council supported the South by Southwest trip. But, you know, I'm not Netflix. And when you think of Black Bandersnatch was interactive and it was like touching a button. And my piece is like your eye gaze and your facial detection and it's changing in real time. So and this is on a mobile where my previous works were just for this for like museums and conferences and galleries so it's a really big deal that I want to kind of put this work in the hands of the masses and democratize the arts and at the moment it's still in festivals but the vision is that um, the first quarter of next year like spring we'll be having it um, available on the app store for people to download that's amazing. And and all of the tech is already within our phones that enable this watching back too. Um, mm -hmm. where, where do you see it going from here? Like you were already kind of ahead of the curve when mm -hmm. in seeing the potential. What are your mm -hmm. other concerns from where you sit and where this could go? Um, yeah, just a thought that I want to comment as well that there's a couple of really good documentaries like Coded Bias and um, The Great Hack in particular, um, The Social Dilemma, I think, um, which is talking about um, how advertising and social media, that these kind of tools are used to kind of um, exploit and manipulate us, right? So this work is very much, I'm one of the good guys, or girls, that I'm here to kind of um, show you how we can use these same tools to empower us. So in that kind of thread that I really feel that the gym of the future will be a gym of the mind, 
and that entertainment is not just about like when people have Netflix and chill, like they kind of switch on and tune out, is that you're kind of going to switch on and tune into yourself. Um, because we're living in some really, really massive times of uncertainty and great, great change. And we need to, I don't really feel the, the point is about, you know, there's a, there's a path for everybody, but it's not just about we've got to, you know, get the politicians to be more um, just or, you know, socially moral, but we kind of have to look at ourselves and become more self-aware because it's going to be up to us. Um, the, like the future's in our hands. So my, m with me, I feel like immersive is such a powerful tool to impact people, particularly neurologically and, um, and emotionally, and to just leave it in the hands of capitalism or entertainment or advertising would be the worst thing in the whole world, <laughs> you know, because it's only going to get more and more... Um, more and more disparate and desperate and more and more money on the line and that we need to be have like I have a social ob moral obligation and that's I feel there will I actually feel there's going to be a movement through the arts um, and I kind of said that I did a TED talk in 2016 where I said I feel I'm part of an invisible movement which is so exclusive the people in there don't even realize they're in it and I feel that's what's going to happen. Like, even though I work in AI, I hardly talk about AI. I'm more talking about the impact of storytelling and the kind of way that we can be transformed as individuals and as society. So that's what excites me. I mean, AI is just a really cool tool and Gen AI and ChatGPT, that's all fun. But what are we really using it for? And how are we going to kind of um, not just make our lives more easier or automated, but you know, um, make us more conscious or make us more fulfilled or make us more empowered or make us more spiritual or, you know, whatever is some, which is more humane is what is ex the, the future that I'm focused on in terms of a movement. I love that the, the mission of this podcast is to envision a world where artists not only coexist with AI, but thrive. And that thrive is envisioning a world where the tech is centered around people. And I, I love that you're doing that with your art. Um, in, in addition to people just becoming more aware and their unconscious becoming conscious. Uh, you mentioned regulation from the outset, and I know sometimes it can kind of feel disempowering that we're going up against these really massive companies. I'm sure you've come across Palantor, uh, Palantor as well, which frankly terrifies me <laughs> what they're doing in the U.S. Uh, but the, what do you um, see outside of... With the criminal justice system. Yeah, that's Peter Thiel's thing mm. where he's just super embedded in the government and on surveilling all types of different data or access to lots of data. Um, but in, in addition to the individual awareness, what do you see is needed from, you know, regulatory or societal institutional uh, change as well? Um, wow. So there's lots of people having lots of conversations about this. Um, I was at COGX and Tristan, is it Beal? Tristan. Tristan Harris. Tristan Harris, that's it. Um, yeah. He was talking about the kind of the urgency and the kind of responsibility of the tech organisations to um, 
kind of regulate themselves because it's like nobody's regulating them and it's kind of a free for all. Um, and that, in fact, we probably also need some kind of independent regula regulatory body because they can't really surveil, like monitor themselves. So there's lots of talk and there's lots of work happening um, in um, Washington around regulation and think tanks and discussions around that. Um, so that's definitely a big, big direction we need to go down in terms of regulation, in terms of um, democratization, in terms of transparency. But it's also like, and then also in the UK, the Prime Minister here is going to be doing a um, big event later in the year as like exploring the regulation of AI. So lots of conversations. I think it just needs to be hit on many different fronts um, because it's kind of asking these conglomerates to kind of regulate themselves. And the bottom line is really greed and capitalism and money. So I think that's what's going to win, to be honest. I mean, we've seen this play out before, right? Um, but we are not saying we shouldn't fight for it and lots of people are doing lots of good work on that at the moment. Um, but also creating our own independent systems is also vital to do that because also um, the, the rate at which the AI is learning is so exponential. Um, so yes, to answer your question, the regulation is key, transparency is key, key um us creating our own systems is key um but i feel there's not one way i feel because like when i've listened to people speak like ruha benjamin the author of um race against um race against technology uh who's a professor at um princeton university she was talk she when i saw her speak she was saying the same things like we need to come together as communities but also she was saying the first time i heard someone say this when i was very inspired was the the role of the artist um and to kind of you know show people what's happening because some of these conversations are very elite very exclusive and they happen in the times and you know these very kind of highbrow intellectual publications and some of the, even the terminology around computational science is not accessible for lots of people so my responsibility is to make people experience the future today so that they could then start to be a part of this narrative and then understand their role within that narrative and then within the future. Yeah. Well, when your when your app comes out uh, in 2024, we'll, we'll have to have you back on the, the show to talk yes, about definitely. it. And, and get it into as many hands as possible to, to, to interact with. Um, and I know we're short on time and I feel like we are just starting to scratch the surface uh, with you, Karen. Uh, but I guess if you want um, our listeners and viewers to remember one thing from this conversation or about your art, what's the, the one thing you want them to, to remember and walk away with? I want them to remember that the future is not something that happens to us, but it's something that we create together. And I want, like my work, my objective is to, that they're not apathetic or acquiescing, that they activate agency in the participants because all of us have a role. And as I say, a storyteller from the future, 
I came back to enable us to survive what is, survive what is to come through the future of storytelling, power of storytelling, but I also add that I did not come back alone. And I've come back here to connect with some of the people who also came back with me. I, I love that you're from the future. It's so great. And, and tell us, it sounds like um, you've got a busy uh, fall ahead with the conference and festival circuit. So uh, where can yeah, people yes, 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 connect yes. with you and experience uh, this Thanks piece? for asking, because I always forget. So um, I'll be on the tour with Consensus Gentium through now till the end of the year and it starts at the, I just came back from Arts Electronica as you said and then it's going to be at the London Film Festival at the immersive strand from the 6th to the 22nd I believe of October in London then it's going to be in Taiwan at the Kaohsiung Film Festival from the 10th to the 22nd, I believe, of October. Then it's going to be going to um, Geneva Film Festival from the, I believe it's the 1st to the 6th of November. And then we are waiting for a confirmation that if we're going to be at um, Kenya um, Innovation Summit, but it will, and then also a confirmation that it's going to be at Rotterdam um, Immersive Tech Week uh, which will be the first week in December. I think I might have left one out, but that's the kind of general gist. And um, they can follow, people want to follow me on social media, uh, Insta, it's Storyteller from the Future. And um, on Twitter, it's Karen Palmer um, AI. And they can always also Google me or Consensus Gentium AI, and we'll be updating where it's going to be or karenpalmer.uk. I'll be updating that soon. And I'll be really happy to come back on the show, like towards the end of the year to kind of do, um, you know, for looking forward for 2024, where it's going to be, because I know this has been a bit short, but I'd love to come back again at the end of the year. Oh my goodness. We just started scratching the surface of all these topics. So open invitation. And uh, for all of our listeners and viewers, um, I know there were some books and other talks mentioned in her upcoming shows, which we'll be sure to put in the show notes and on the dedicated blog post at uh, creativitysquared.com. So I think that's time. Uh, Thank you so much, Karen. It's so good to have you on the show and so appreciate you sharing um, what you're working on and such important work uh, in terms mm-hmm. of making us more aware of, of the tech. So thank you for, for coming from the future to, to let us know. <laughs> it's my pleasure. But I think, I don't know if you remember, but I'm pretty sure you're one of the ones that came back with me, Helen. So I, <laughs> I think you were there as well. I really feel this is the first part of a conversation. I have a feeling we're going to get a lot deeper and go deeper in the next one. That might be the best compliment I've received um, af- uh, since launching my podcast. So thank you. I will take it. <laughs> okay. My pleasure. Thank you for spending some time with us today. We're just getting started and would love your support. Subscribe to Creativity Squared on your preferred podcast platform and leave a review. It really helps. And I'd love to hear your feedback. What topics are you thinking about and want to dive into more? I invite you to visit creativitysquared.com to let me know. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for our free weekly newsletter so you can easily stay on top of all the latest news at the intersection of AI and creativity. 
Because it's so important to support artists, 10% of all revenue Creativity Squared generates will go to ArtsWave, a nationally recognized nonprofit that supports over 100 arts organizations. Become a premium newsletter subscriber or leave a tip on the website to support this project and ArtsWave. And premium newsletter subscribers will receive NFTs of episode cover art and more extras to say thank you for helping bring my dream to life. And a big, big thank you to everyone who's offered their time, energy, and encouragement and support so far. I really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. This show is produced and made possible by the team at Play Audio Agency. Until next week, keep creating.